Hello, and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people who have overcome real challenges and are making our world better because of it. They have taken life's lemons and are making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Leah. Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I'm looking forward to getting to know you. So start out by telling me a few things about yourself. Sure. Um, well, I, my name is Leah and I am the mother of four children and I live on an island in Maine. Um, it's called Peaks Island. It's a small island, maybe 900 people. It's just ferry service to get us out there. Oh. Um, I was a social worker for years and years and then I just recently switched careers and now I run um, a bike shop that also has tours, gives bike tours to people. Oh, bike tours around the island? No, my shop is actually on the mainland in in, uh, in Portland, and we take people along the coast and give natural and cultural history tours of the area. I'm on my bike all day. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It sounds wonderful. Well, it's so great to meet you. So you got to take me back and tell me your story. What's your lemon to lemonade story? Well, it's, uh, well, I guess I have to start way, way back. Um, Like I said, I have four children. Um, two of them are adopted and two are biological. And by the time I had my fourth child, I thought I had the parenting thing sort of like figured out. I mean, I'm being slightly sarcastic because parenting is <laughs> always a mystery, but you yeah. know, I thought that if I just loved him enough, we could get through anything. Um, but my fourth child proved to be the most challenging child. He was great. He had this great, ever since he was, he came to our family very, very young. He had the smile that would just, it was just so charming and so impish all the time. Um, but he was all, he would always get into mischief. And some of it was funny mischief, but some of it was like perplexing, kind of dangerous mischief. Um, so when examples, when he was two, he would run away all the time. He would literally run away from home. We had a, a medical ID bracelet on him with his address and phone number. We had netting above our fencing around our backyard. So if he was in the backyard, he couldn't just jump the fence and go. He just had this need to go all the time he was a simulation junkie. He would do things like jump off the garage roof at three or four years old or, or just, just constantly going. And so we tried all of these traditional therapies. And like I said, I was a social worker. So I was really in that world. And we did a lot of OT therapy and um, audio therapy where he'd listen to rhythmic drum beats, trying to calm down, just everything you can imagine. And we sort of got a handle on it and everybody, you know, just loved him because he'd do these naughty things and just grin at you and his eyes would sparkle and you'd be like, okay, I love you so much. That was crazy, but I love you. So we worked out his early childhood life and and it was a family, you know, the whole family works together to take care of him. But then when he became a teenager, his impish behavior seems to get a little bit more scary because when teenagers do that same sort of rebellious naughtiness, it can get them into trouble. As a young teen, when he was like 15, he was still kind of rambunctious and, you know, I guess he, he has attention deficit things. But what was what was really hard is that as a teenager, he'd been so confined and so made to, to perform in mainstream standards that he started to get um, sad. And this is a kid who'd never been sad before because life was just a gas. It was a game. It was an adventure. And he got sad in that very characteristic teenage way. And I didn't know what to do. Um, and I guess the poignant moment in our story together is that when he was about 
um, when he was 15, I went to pick him up at swim team practice. And I just had this, all of a sudden, this cold water washed over me. And I felt like, you know what? He's not in there. And I realized he hadn't been going there. And he had been just kind of wandering the streets looking for excitement and stimulation or whatever. And so that's when I really decided that we we weren't going to be able to just get through those teenagers' years um, the way most people do. So we had to do something really different to shake it up. I don't, I think that would be really overwhelming, especially if he's your youngest, like you said, you're like, we've been doing this a while. We kind of think we have it figured out. And then you get a child that you're like, what are we to do? So how did you figure out what to do? Well, the good news is (laughs) when I was a teenager, I also was very naughty, a different kind of naughty, but I really, I had, I have a very adventurous streak. And so I could, I could relate to why he had a hard time kind of staying within the lines. Luckily, I was up for an adventure with him and I knew we had to take him out of the norm and I decided to take him on a bicycle ride across the country. So I took him out of school his freshman year and we bicycled from Oregon all the way to Virginia, to Yorktown, Virginia together. It took three months. Wow. When I first decided I was going to do it with him, it was kind of funny because at first he was like, are you kidding me? But then my technique to get him to do it is that I just, I, I started to blog about it. I started to tell everybody and people started to come up to him and congratulate him and say, it's so awesome. He's going to do this. And before you knew it, it had become his adventure because he was so proud that he was doing this thing. But, you know, I knew it was going to be really hard and I, I wasn't, I'd never done a long bike trip before. I'd done a lot of like little adventures, but never something I'd never left my husband for, you know, three months my other children were a little older. They were like 19 and up. So I felt like they're going to be okay. I just read a lot about biking and we didn't have a lot of money to do it. So we we went to a recycled bicycle um, store where they just recycle old used bicycles. We built our own bicycle. So it was really educational that way. We learned a lot about bike mechanics and that. Um, and then we just flew out to Oregon and proceeded to make our way home. It took three months and we, we camped the whole way. I mean, we had to stay in hotels probably six times because there was just no, no, nowhere to camp. And we just, we learned so much about ourselves and it really got us to a very different place. Right from the get-go, I mean, he's a 15-year-old boy, he's a 15-year-old boy. He was stronger than me. <laughs> so right away, he became sort of like a, a leader as far as like, come on, we can do it, mom. Come on, you can get up this hill. So that was a really nice shift instead of me asking him to do things. He was encouraging me. So that was really nice. Nice. Um, I think he also quickly saw how much I needed him. Even like, because with camping, there's a lot to do. And we're both so tired when we'd hit these campgrounds at night. And so he started setting up the tent every single night and I would cook dinner. The shift with that wasn't just, you know, like when you're around your house, you sort of, you want your teenagers to help because it would be nice if they mowed the lawn. This wasn't like, it wouldn't just be nice. He, his, it was very visible. Like I needed him. And that, I think that made a big change. And then, I mean, so many things having him, um, when he would get angry and frustrated and he'd throw his bike down and say, this is terrible. Cause of course we had those days too. There's nothing to do, but wait until he picked up his bicycle and fixed whatever had happened and continued on his way. So it really taught us a lot about just those outbursts of frustration. He, he, as a teenager, he would get frustrated a lot and it just kind of helped him learn like, what do I do with these big feelings? I sit there, I let them wash over me and then I fix my bike and I keep going. So that was a really great lesson. He met so many kind people along the way. So, so many incredible supportive 
people who would buy him snacks and, and, you know, spend hours in the evening talking to him and really made him feel like he was a special person, not that he was a problem. And I think throughout his life, he'd always been sort of the one that was the problem. And he wasn't the problem. He was a champion, you know, and that was, that was just incredible. And then the world is just a beautiful place. You know, every day, every mountain range you go over, every pass that you, you know, you go through, you cross over to a place that's uniquely beautiful in its own way. And so to have him see all that and just feel like, wow, I am navigating the world. You know, I think I can navigate a few more years of high school and teenagerhood without going off the rails. So. Yes. And did you plan this trail and how you were going to get there? Did you have it all planned out ahead of time or were you just kind of taking a day at a time and figuring it out together? No, we totally, we planned it. There's there's a group out there called the Adventure Cycling Association and they have maps all over the United States and their maps are just for biking. And so their maps show um, routes for bikes that either have a wide shoulder or have um, very little traffic. And their maps show where there's a place to camp, like every 50 or so miles. So they don't send you out someplace where there's no place to sleep. They show you where convenience stores are. These are things you really need to know because you eat pretty much out of convenience stores the whole way. Uh, and they also show you elevation. So if you're planning your day, you know, are you going to ride 50 miles or are you going to ride 80 miles? Well, a lot of that has to do with what the terrain's going to look like. So they tell you a little bit about that and a lot of insider information I mean, they'll say like a lot of towns out there will let you sleep in the fire station if you're biking through because they know they're on this route and they know bikers need a place to sleep. So we would sleep under fire trucks or maybe in the, the courthouse's yard. It's not a campground, but oh, you can stay here and Nick, the policeman, will be there at nine to let you in the bathroom, like that kind of thing. So you do it for us doing this. That was a very important component. Well, yeah. So yeah. when was it? How long ago was this? It was three years now. Okay. So how are things now? Things are really great. You know, for a lot of his life, we weren't sure what was going to happen. I mean, he did, he did have some academic challenges and whatnot. And I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen with him, but he just recently graduated high school. He just went to work uh, doing maintenance at a sort of a summer camp, but it goes into the fall. So he'll be there until Thanksgiving. And he's good. You know, he's good with his hands. He, he, I mean, he, it just gave, gave him a lot of confidence and he's doing really well. You know, it has been three years, but he still has the map on the on his bedroom wall that marks exactly where we went. Because every day we take out the map. We had this whole routine at night. And one of the things was marking on the map where we were, what, what our route had been. It's on his wall. And he's still, you know, people still come up to him and say, wow, that's amazing. What did you see? What did you do? And, and it, it helps his confidence so much. Yeah. So what are your thoughts about it? Do you think it was worth it? Would you do it again? Do you recommend it? Like, did you get out of it what you were hoping to get? A hundred percent. You know, not, it's not perfect now. We still certainly have issues. He's still, you know, he's still a teenager. We still have that mother-son relationship and all that comes with that. But I think that both of us know that we can do anything together, you know? So even when it is really bad, that feeling of like, okay, this is really bad. But remember that really tall mountain that was 10,000 feet? I think we can handle this. Like it does still come up a lot in our in our conversation. And and we'll, we will share it forever. You know, it's something that I didn't share with anybody else. It's changed the nature of our relationship. He's not one of the kids. He's the kid that did this with me, which yeah. is different. You know, I feel like I want that with every child and parent. Like you are the child who, you know, that, not just one of the kids. You know, I think, I really think the difference was just in his ability, his his feeling that he could navigate the world and and his confidence. He's a very passionate guy. 
and he has very strong feelings. So the feelings didn't never, the feelings don't go away for him, but I do know that he knows how to just take a deep breath and wait and have them pass by and, and realizes that having a fit doesn't really, it doesn't really help, yeah. you know, so that, that was a big change. And he definitely wants to continue seeing the world and exploring. And he feels like he can, you know, that it's all within his, within his grasp. So we came back and we opened up this bike shop that I work in now. So I, I switched careers due to this trip. And we went to bike, um, a bike mechanic school when we came back in Oregon called United Bicycle Institute. And just spent two weeks doing this intensive bicycle mechanic class. So it's really shaped a lot of our relationship. And now he's not here this summer because he he needs to go do his own thing and become independent. But it's here for him. And it's all based on us, you know, doing this together. So so he worked yeah. there with you. You guys opened this shop together after your trip. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That's so great. I wish everybody would have had the opportunity to do something like this. And you, not everybody can take three months of bike across the country. But I think I think with kids that are, are with challenging teenagers, it's easy to move away from them instead of move towards them kind of. And it was hard. And it was hard to be with him for three months straight. You know, it was kind of lonely sometimes. Miss my husband. But I feel like I still don't, I don't want to say I know what I'm doing, but I do know that moving towards him was the right thing in that moment instead of pushing him away. So. Yeah. That's really interesting that you would say that because that is kind of our reaction. We get a child that is causing us a lot of stress and and just misery pretty much, you know, just, we just don't enjoy being around them and don't yeah. enjoy the decisions they're making. And so we do, we distance ourselves. They distance from us. They start yeah. hanging out with friends and they're gone at school yeah. and they get jobs and they don't want to be around mom and dad either. And yeah. so how you force kind of this relationship and, you yeah. know, it might've been uncomfortable for both of you for a while, but it sounds like it was something that really brought you a lot of clarity yeah. and understanding of each other. Yeah. One, one of this is just such a little thing, but one of the things that came out of it too is that I feel like life is so busy, especially in teenagerhood yeah. right now, like so much to do. But when you're biking like this, or there wasn't so much to do, you would yeah. bike and then you would be camping. And what we started doing is we would read uh, out loud. I'd read out loud to him every night, and then we had our own books, and then we'd read our own books. And then when we biked the next day, we would tell each other the story of what we had read in our own books. So there's so much storytelling. And I feel like that sounds like a little thing, but it was so great because, because life's so busy. And when we're at home, the, you know, my, you know, he'd be in his room or out with yeah. his friends and just be like, we're just telling stories all day long, telling stories. And it was really good. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so yeah. lovely. I love yeah. this so much. What a great idea. And what you were so inspired to do this with your son. And I'm just so proud of you. I think this sounds like an amazing experience. Now I kind of wish, you know, like, oh, that would have been so cool. <laughs> like I said, I was, I, I didn't know a lot about biking and I was, I was an adventurer, but I just feel like if I had, if I had let fear dictate how I felt about doing something like this, I wouldn't have done it. And then to just realize that, you know, people are kind and, and there's room for, you know, people can take care of each other. And I just have to believe, believe that the world is still a good place, despite what you hear and that people will still be good to you. Yeah. I love that. There, there is yeah. goodness out there. How did you yeah. even come up with the idea or what gave you the idea to do something like this? I mean, in the back of my head, I'd always thought it would be fun to do, but it was pretty, you know, I think that I'm going to admit, I was pretty desperate in that moment when he was, when I realized it was all going to go down the tubes, because if he wasn't going to go to school and he wasn't, well, this is what I was feeling like, he's about to drop out of school. He's about to, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't care anymore. He feels like a failure. He feels like he's, 
you know, his grades are terrible. He's always in trouble. I just thought, oh God, this is going to be really, really bad. So it was, it was kind of an act of desperation. And when I told my husband that we were going to do it, he immediately was like, that is the best idea we could have just to get him out of here. It's a great idea. I love that. And a lot of parents will kind of send their kids off somewhere too. And so I think, (laughs) I think this is great where you're like, I'm going with you. Lucky. We kind of match in that way because I do have that wanderlust thing. And I, I could, I could relate to how he felt just wanting to like bust out. out. Yeah. Get out. So you guys both had that. I think that's so cute. I love this so much. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing this with me. This is so unique. And I'm so grateful to hear about this and know that this is an option. I think this is something that a lot of parents could, it's not easy to do, but I definitely think it should be an option. I think it should be something that people think about. And again, it doesn't need to be biking. I don't think it could have been anything. We could have gone for a hike. We could have moved to a different country for three months. There's other things, but just to take somebody out of their their comfort zone because the comfort zone can have some bad patterns you know to kind of reinvent what they want to do yeah yeah and and to get away together too I think that's kind of a key part because it's easy to kind of send the kid off to some work release program or to some you know other relative or somewhere just get rid of the kid that's causing all the trouble yeah and then and with them not just physically but like with them in the struggle. Cause it was hard. It was hard. Some days were hot and there's huge mountains. It was very, very difficult. And that's part of it. I wasn't saying, Oh, just, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but it was like, look, I'm struggling too, right next to you right now. We're both really having a hard time. And there's something to be said for that instead of yeah. pushing it off. Yeah. Yeah. That would, that would just no doubt bring you closer together with that. So this is a great example to us. So thank you. This is amazing. Thank you. Seize the day with your teenagers while you can seize the day. (laughs) Bike and seize the day. That is great advice. Yes. We don't know how many days we have any of us. And I think that's really important. I think we should learn to do stuff together. So it's great advice. Thank Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand.